It's Sunday, November 26, 2022, and this is the Black Friday Weekend Blitz on Talk Commerce. Influencer marketing is the next big thing. Most of the D2C world needs to catch up on the right ways of executing this type of marketing. If you don't have big names talking about you, loving you, and recommending you, you're missing out on millions of dollars of potential revenue. Yash Shavan with Gitzarel walks us through six steps that any D2C brand can take to start influencer marketing. Yash is a young entrepreneur with lots of passion for the industry and has built a fantastic SaaS platform for influencer marketing. Yash is located in Mumbai, India. And as a side note, he did lose audio at the end, but Yash got all six steps in. Have you been enjoying your free jokes on these podcasts? Well, let me just tell you that the jokes aren't free. They take time and effort to come up with them. Please go to wherever you download your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, and rate and review this episode. It will help so much to increase the awareness of talk commerce. Again, wherever you download your podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you. Talk commerce is sponsored by Haifa, or as the Europeans say, Hufa or the right way to say it, Hufa is rapidly becoming the biggest Magento front-end after Luma. For those who don't know it, Luma is the basic theme that comes with Magento, and it is giantly slow. If you're looking for a template-based front-end with the fastest loading times in the e-commerce industry while saving costs on development time and hosting infrastructure, Hufa is your best option. Everybody loves a fast site, including Google. Improve your Google ranking and conversion rates and make your customers happy. Learn more at hyva.io. That's hyva.io. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Yash Shavan. He is the founder of Saral, an influencer marketing agency. Yash, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Sure. Hey, everybody. Brent, thanks for having me on. I'm Yash. I'm the founder at Saral. We are both an influencer marketing platform, so brands can do influencer marketing themselves. And we also have an agency component to it, so we also do it for brands. So my day-to-day is split between nowadays more towards the product because I feel strongly that there should be a product like Serral. So I'm, most of my time is towards product, but we also work with brands and I have the team who does that. And as an intro, maybe I'm a marketer through and through. I started in sales, but then I fell in love with marketing. And then in that, I worked with a couple of DTC brands, started an agency, and now we're building this SaaS product for DTC brands to use. Very cool. And I did, I so I warned you in advance that we're going to do the free joke project. So sure. before we dive into our content, I'm going to tell you a joke. And then all you okay. have to do is tell me if you think it's free or if we could charge for the joke later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Here we go. What's an astronaut's favorite part of a computer? The space bar. <laughs> okay. That's a dad joke. <laughs> okay. I think yeah. I think that will be free. I wouldn't pay for that one. That's a dad joke. Okay, good. Yeah, so that yeah. you said free, right? That's yeah, a free that's, joke? Yeah, that's a free joke. <laughs> All right, good. All right, let's dive right in. So 
brands that consider influencer marketing, why would they, why would they consider influencer marketing? Yeah. So this was a question that I personally faced as I was doing. So the agency before was just like a general marketing agency. We just used to work with brands and do marketing for them. So a couple of our clients were facing the apocalypse, right? So the Facebook ads weren't working as well. The tracking wasn't working. The CACs weren't right. They weren't able to even make profit from the acquisition costs. So I was sitting there, I was thinking, how do I help these brands? What should we do? And then eventually, like fundamentally for me, it just boiled down to word of mouth. Like that's the oldest marketing channel in existence before all of the tech, all the media and Facebook and influencers and social media, everything. Word of mouth was the only way you came to know of something. You probably heard someone buy it or saw someone use it. And then the way I think of influencers is that it's just word of mouth, but at scale. So instead of word of mouth being one person talking to five people, it's one person talking to 50,000 people. And that's how it's just like word of mouth on steroids. That's how I like to think about it. So I think that's why brands must do it is because not because everyone, there's multiple reasons why brands do it nowadays. It's cool to do influencers. It's nice. It feels nice when someone popular tags you on social media. That's all fine. And everyone else is doing it. That's another reason. But I think fundamentally thinking of marketing, it just boils down to that People trust other people. People don't trust ads. People don't trust brands. They just trust other people. So if you work with creators and if you align your brand with creators who are already creating content, who have the trust of an audience, then it's a no brainer that influencer marketing should work for you. So yeah, that's the, that's my why behind it. Maybe walk us through the steps for getting or finding a creator or why you'd find a creator. And then how do you know you can trust that creator to represent your brand? Yeah. So one of the things with influencer marketing is that it's very, it's not straightforward. When you say influence, when a brand decides to do influencer marketing, they can decide, but they don't know what to do next. They don't know what's the first step. Like, where do I find creators? How do I reach out? Do I DM them? Do I comment? Do I email? What do I even say to them? How much do I pay them? There's so many questions. It's not as straightforward as just going on Facebook or going on TikTok ads manager and running an ad campaign. So the, I created like this in retrospect, we did this for brands. And then in retrospect, I created this six step system. So I'd like to go through it if I have your permission and it'll cover everything yeah. from how to start to how to pay them and stuff like that. Should, should we do that? Yeah, let's do all six steps. Let's go. Awesome. Cool. So the first step is finding influencers. I think that's obvious. So you're going to find the right creators who you want to work with. So the way tactically you do that is you come up with three to five core hashtags around your brand. So let's say you're like a sustainable skincare company. So your hash core hashtags are something like hashtag sustainable skincare, hashtag minimalist daily routine, stuff like that. So you come up with these hashtags and then you go on Insta. You don't, first of all, you don't have to sign up with an agency or a, like an expensive data provider to do this. The best data that exists is already on platforms such as Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. So you just come up with these hashtags. Be scrappy with it to start. Don't sign up for a platform. Don't get all. Just go on Instagram, search for these hashtags, and see who's creating content around that. And then based on that, you're able to then see their links, see their content, see if it really if it's authentic or not, this is more qualitative than it's quantitative. You can't judge it based on the number of likes or comments or engagement rate and all these fancy metrics. It's mostly just your human sense of, okay, is this person someone who I would trust? And then by proxy is he or she someone that my buyer would trust. So then you just create a list of maybe 50 or hundred creators like these. And then that brings you to step two, which is reaching out to them. 
So where most brands fail when it comes to reaching out to creators is that they ask first. So they'll reach out and they'll say something like, hey, we want to work with you. We'll pay you X amount to post about us. And that seems natural because you come from that old school PR transactional model of doing influencers. But it doesn't work nowadays. It's more about relationships and giving first and seeing if that creator is truly aligned with your brand as opposed to just paying them for a post. So your step two outreach should be a give first outreach where you offer to give them commissions, you send them free product, you do something special for them to stand out. Because there's if a creator has 70,000 followers, there's at least 10 brands reaching out to them every week. So how do you stand out? You stand out by giving first. You send them free product, you tag them in a story, you really blow them away with the unboxing experience, something like that. So that's step two. And then step three is actually what I call your creator offer. So once you reach out and once you start getting feedback from creators and whether or not they're interested, that's when you can create your creator offer that basically consists of three parts. The, so the first part is what what's in it for the creator? Is it like a flat fee? Is it like some commission incentive? Part two of the creator offer is basically there. What's the discount for their audience? You get something and then your audience gets this because you've got to incentivize the audience to buy from you. And then the part, third part of the creator offer is basically any perks, any free products, any event invites, any other extra stuff that you have for the creator. That's part three. So you create your creator offer as you're talking to them and you do all the negotiation, you onboard them. And then step number four, which is a bit kind of mundane or people think it's mundane, it's shipping. So shipping and unboxing, in other words, because like they say, unboxing is the only user touch point that has a 100% open rate. So you really want to, you don't want to send them a cardboard box. You want to wrap it. You want to make it special, add a personal note, add a QR code there. When they scan it, it takes them to a video of the founder inviting them to become an ambassador, do something special with the unboxing that really blows them away and makes them want to post about you. You don't even have to, they don't even have to think they're so excited by simply unboxing your product that they'll post about you. You gotta, you gotta go to a big extent there. And that's step four. Step five is actually tracking performance. So now they post about you. Now you've got to see, okay, how many sales did we get? What's working? What type of content's working? What type of content doesn't work? Which creator works? Which creator doesn't work? And then you keep doing this process over and over again until you get to step six, which is relationship building. And that's key. Until step five, if you follow everything, you already have a good influencer program. But if you do step six, that's like a great influencer program because you don't need like thousands of influencers talking about you. You just need maybe 100 or 150 dedicated ambassadors talking about you every single day on social media. And that's enough. And that only comes when you invest in building longer term relationships. So that's step number six. And those were my six steps in as fast as I could go. So, yeah, I know it yeah. was a bit too much to process, but yeah. No, that's great. Let's go yeah. back and unpack because, yes, you did go through that in three minutes, which is fantastic, <laughs> but we have more time than that. But let's jump back to number one where you said sure. building your core hashtags. What would you recommend a merchant discover or build their own ha their core hashtags? And are the hashtags different for different platforms, like for TikTok, for Instagram, for Facebook, or for Twitter? Are there going to be different types of hashtags for each one of them? Correct. So hashtags are one way to discover here. It can be hashtags or keywords, to be honest. So different platforms have different kinds of hashtags that trend on them. So on one platform, like it may be sustainable skincare on another platform, it will be similar content under like minimalist skincare, for example. So it's all about testing it. So it's not like you just come up with them on a Google sheet and then 
those are final. You actually go and you search for these hashtags. So if you're a skincare brand, search for skincare related hashtags and see what comes up. You can also use one of these SEO tools. There's this tool called Keyword Explorer. And there's a bunch of other, like just search for hashtag recommender on Google and you'll find a bunch of free tools. You just enter a few keywords there and it'll show you which hashtags are trending on which social media platform. And you can just click there, see the content that's being created around that hashtag and then pick three to five core hashtags. And that usually means anywhere between 700 to a, seven to 1200 creators total. And that's good enough volume for you to start with and get your at least like 50 or so people talking about you. Yeah. On some platforms, I've heard that too many hashtags is will degrade your algorithm potential. Is that true mm -hmm. across all platforms or is there some where you can use a ton of, of hashtags? Yeah, so what I'm talking about is mostly hashtag search, not hashtags in your posts. So if you, yeah, I think Instagram limits it to 30 hashtags, but I think best practice is anywhere between 15 to 20 hashtags. But that's different from what I'm talking about. What I'm saying that is that you're going to go on Instagram instead of searching for like a username, you should search for a hashtag. And when you do that search, it results in all the content that different creators are posting about that hashtags. And then you, there's no limit there. Like you can search for as many hashtags as you want until you find a good one. And from the, okay, so you said as when I'm, I understand the search versus the do, yep. but when you're a creator, as I guess to start out with as a business, you want to be posting on those platforms along with your influencers, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. Is there a limit to the amount? So you said 15 to 20 on Instagram would be yeah, the limit? Yeah, that's best practice. TikTok's less about hashtags, more about content. So Instagram hashtags still work. To a certain extent, I won't say they're a huge factor as much they were like three to five years ago. So Instagram, you should probably still do hashtags, but TikTok's so much more about content. Their algorithms, I think, smarter than Instagram's is, and they just promote good, high-quality content that gets engagement. So yeah, TikTok's all about the content. So don't I don't think brands should worry too much about the hashtags. Just worry about creating good content, and then it should work for itself. When you're, let's jump to TikTok, when you're promoting on TikTok, then... Uh, how do you determine who would be the best influencer for you as a merchant on TikTok? Yep. So if you find them under a hashtag, they're, you're already pre-selecting for them to be talking about a certain industry. So let's stick to the skincare example, right? So if they're already posting about like their skincare routine or their morning routine, then you know that they can somehow in the future plug your product in their morning, in like a future morning routine video or a skincare video, right? So you're already pre-selecting for that content bias. Now all that needs to be done is like a qualitative and you can start with quantitative. So look at stuff like their metrics, like their engagement rate, their like their comments to likes ratio, like how many people are commenting versus liking stuff like that. And that will give you a fair sense. But again, that's so subjective across industries. You should just like, I just personally to review every creator's profile, at least when I'm starting out, don't do the whole bulk search thing, like actually go in and do things that don't scale. Look at their content, see if you trust them, see if they are charismatic, enthusiastic about what they're talking about, or if they're just doing it, reading off a script and not being passionate about it. But yeah, you just, it's more about, with influencers, it's so much more about just like the getting the vibe of the creator, seeing how they interact with their fans in the comments. Are their fans commenting, but they're not responding to them? That means that the creator is just not interested. But if they're enthusiastically responding, they're active on their stories, for example, that means they're invested in creating content. And those are the kinds of creators that you want to work with. So our listeners are going to be merchants mostly, and they would be looking for a creator. 
would you be, and we, you talked about getting to know them. If you mm-hmm. have a creator, let's just talk about running shoes. If who's promoting two different brands, would you mm-hmm. be, would you l- not look at that creator? If say they're doing Hoka and they're doing Nike, should they be all in on one brand? I think when you start, you need these diehard fans of ambassadors. When you grow and when your program is like 200 creators, then it becomes a bit unrealistic to expect someone to not promote another brand. But at least when you're starting off, you need that authenticity. You need someone who really loves your product to be promoting you. So I won't say, because especially if it's like opposing philosophies, if it's a similar brand with similar values, maybe it's okay. But then if it's if it's like a sustainable skincare brand and it's then another brand which is all about like just pumping their products with chemicals, for example, then maybe not. Then that just shows that they are not authentic. So yeah, sometimes it's again, it's subjective, but I, as a thumb rule, I don't recommend working with creators who work with competing brands at the same time. And looking for who are the best creators for you. If we go back to TikTok, you mentioned mm-hmm. it's more about the content. Is it always just the visual audio content or is it the written content that's going along with that TikTok video that you would look at? Yeah, so the written, it's actually interesting. There are, on TikTok, I've seen that the caption, like the the caption that they write on the video also matters a lot on how viral the video goes or how many views it gets. So sometimes creators would actually split. The serious ones, they split test this. So they'll have different hooks. The video would be the same, but then they'll say something else on the caption and they'll test it and see which one works. And it's really, it's really interesting what, how much difference that one line of caption makes because that's the hook, right? That's reading that is the first thing that a viewer is doing. If that's not intriguing enough, if that's not interesting enough, then no one's going to stop and watch the 30 second clip. People have insanely short attention spans right now. It may be a bad thing, but that's the reality of the situation. So yeah, you want to work with creators with a, especially on TikTok with a really high engagement rate. So you want to aim for 5% or more. So basically like more than 5% of their audiences watching all of their content. And usually on TikTok, it's way higher than that. So 5% is like a, bare minimum because on TikTok, the good thing is that it exposes your content as a creator to more people, to a broader audience than just your followers. So you better have a higher than 5% engagement rate. So, yeah. And as a, as you're evaluating that, is there tools to check the engagement rate of people on TikTok of other influencers? Correct. Yeah. So we do that. We've got a tool called Saral. So they can go to getsaral.com to check it out. But yeah, there's a bunch of other tools there. Some are expensive, some are not. And then ours is, it's a free extension, so anyone can try it. But yeah, engagement rate is something that you should check. One good thing about our tool, and sorry, I'm just being a bit salesy here, is that we actually show you what's good and what's bad according to the platform. So some tools you'll see, let's say you're a new brand trying influencer marketing and you see a 3.62% engagement rate. You don't know, like 3%, maybe less at three out of 100. That may be bad on one platform. That may be good on another platform. It's a brand you don't know. So we actually have these labels that show that show them, okay, avoid this. This is bad, but it's okay. This one's decent. This one's great. This one's excellent and stuff like that. We also show viral potential. So if someone's, has, someone's gone viral in the past, we show that this person can go viral with your post. So we have these interesting like assistant-like features. So yeah, there, there's tools on the market. That- From the, so you said the reach out standpoint, you want to be careful how you reach out to them. You just don't want to say, hey, we're going to pay you to do yeah. our thing. Uh, yeah. You want to offer them some some benefits or just ask them to join. Walk us just quickly through how that looks for reaching out. For sure. So usually like my outreach script is something like, hey, 
first name, saw your, saw your post about, and this is all personalized, right? Saw your post about X on TikTok. Really love your content. We are a brand with a shared mission. So ideally you only want to reach out to creators who have some kind of a shared will. So let's say you're like a vegan product, but you're reaching out to someone who uses like leather products. Then that's like a, that's jarring. And this is not like a moral, this thing, but it's like, you don't want to work with them, right? As a vegan brand, for example. So you want to mention that shared mission because it's more about your product. A lot of brands think, and honestly, though, as a founder, I empathize with it. Like you think your product's the best thing ever and hey, it may be, but then to creators or to other people, it doesn't really matter for them. It's more about like the mission. What do you stand for really? And that's more, that's bigger than your product. That's like your brand. So yeah, you lead with that. You say that, Hey, we are willing to offer you these many, co- I, I recommend brands start with commission only partnerships. A lot of brands end up losing a lot of money because they tend to offer money to creators up front and it becomes easier that way, but then you don't usually don't see ROI with that method. So you should, you, it's fine if you're paying like a small amount, but ideally I would just recommend brands to reach out with, Hey, we're offering 10 or 15 or 20% commissions. I've seen as high as 25, if you have the margins and then reach out with that and they'll, the right creators would say yes to you. All right. So you mentioned number four is shipping and unboxing. So you want to give them something exciting and you would like them to unbox that on video, I'm assuming, and show that unboxing. Exactly. So the goal with the unboxing is that, so we all know how popular unboxing videos are on YouTube, right? Everyone's unboxing everyone's before buying a phone or a laptop or a camera. For example, you watch, I personally, I'm a big fan of unboxing videos. I watch like tens of unboxing videos because people like to get the feeling of opening something. That's just like a, that's like a unique feeling, right? Or like taking off the plastic off the screen, for example, that's a very unique feeling. So people like to watch unboxing videos. And if you overwhelm them with like how awesome your unboxing experience is, they are going to post about you, even if you don't pay them. So, cause anyway, like even when you send a good unboxing experience to customers with personal notes, with extra swag, for example, they tend to just snap a photo, send it to their friends or upload it on Instagram. It's the same. The creators are people at the end of the day. So if you make them happy, they are going to post about you. So yeah, really. So some of these things tactically that you could do is one of the things that really works well is adding a personal note to the creator that really helps. So just, and it can be templatized, but maybe one of the lines could be personal for them just so you could, you're able to do this at scale, but that really helps. Another thing is like adding some extra swag that you don't tell them about in the initial like email conversation, but you add like an extra goodie or an extra product, for example, or just send them like a bunch of products that helps. Another interesting thing that does not really scale that well, but you might want to do if you're like a newer brand, just hustling Add a QR. Nowadays, everyone's used to QR codes because of the whole COVID situation that happened. So QR codes are fine. QR codes have made a comeback. So just add a QR code on the box or somewhere inside that they can scan and it takes them to a YouTube video or a Loom video of the founder explaining, like a two minute video explaining what the brand stands for and why they're grateful to be working with the creator. That helps build like this one-on-one connect with them which really helps them, helps sell them on your brand and your mission. So you mentioned then tracking performance as number five. How do you make sure as the merchant or the, yeah, as the merchant, how do you make sure that those performance KPIs are what you should expect? And how do you communicate that with the influencer? Yeah, so I won't recommend starting off with telling them that, hey, we expect you to drive these many sales. If you do a good job at all the other steps, you've, 
vetted the creators well, you've reached out to them with a give-first approach, you've overwhelmed them with your unboxing experience, you've built a great creator offer, you've done all of that. I think performance kind of takes care of itself because all of that is like the setup work for the actual game to happen. So all of that is training and now you're now you're in the field playing the game, right? So yeah, it most it's mostly like how you track it in the early. There's tools to do it. There's like special links and affiliate links and blah, blah, blah that you can use. But mostly the way I've seen new brands do it who are new to this, they just do discount codes. So just generate a discount code on Shopify on your for your any of any platforms you can generate a discount code. Just give that discount code, ship it, add it to the personal note, for example, that hey, we're sending you this free product, but we also generated this Brent 10 discount code if you were to, if you choose to post about it. So your audience gets a 10% off, something like that. So you do that and when they post, they obviously share their discount code and whoever uses that, you can track that on your backend. So yeah, that's usually how it's done and you can go advanced with it once you're more mature, once there are more creators, you can use some kind of affiliate tracking platform to do it. But yeah, in the early days, I just recommend do discount codes for tracking. Very cool. So the last step was relationship building. How do you maintain, or how do you build those and maintain those relationships over time? Yeah, that's a tricky question. It's so qualitative and brand to brand. It's, it really depends on this. It's like asking, how, how do you make friends, right? So it's really up to you as the marketer, or the founder to reach out to them, say once they post, thank them about it, reuse their content, reshare their content on your organic social, send traffic their way. Just do things like, a, just assume you're a friend and do things, behave as if you're a friend and eventually the friendship would come. So once you do that and you start acting in that way where you're sharing their content, promoting them on your socials, do stuff like that, randomly send them another free product some other time. So once you keep doing that, you really build that trust. And then, and again, it's all about giving first and then give weight. And then eventually it comes back. So yeah, that's mostly like the, my framework around relationship building. I don't think I can, there's steps for everything else, but there's no like step-by-step step for relationship building. It's mostly about just like doing it, being a good person and being their friend. So yeah. Yeah. And then I'm assuming yeah. then the relationship building builds more sales into the future. And then you have re you reevaluate your influencers every quarter, every six months. How, do, how what is the evaluation to bring on new ones and maybe let other ones go? Yeah, under relationship, we've never really let go of an influencer because we don't do the paper post model. We are super like, we tend to avoid the paper post thing, to be honest. So we've never really let go of someone. Sometimes people just drop off. They have other priorities. They get other brands who are like paying them big sums to post about them. So your brand takes a, a sidestep, but that's fine. All that matters is that you're reaching out and you're doing the first five steps for a set number of creators every week. So that's the, basically you're setting up a predictable system for getting influencers. So you're reaching out to, let's say, just set a goal for yourself. Like, okay, I'm gonna reach out to 100 creators every week and we'll see how it goes. So 100 creators were reached out to, and then from there it will funnel down. So 100 creators were reached out. If you do things right, we're seeing anywhere between 60 to 70% response rates. You also follow up with them. So that helps boost the response rates. You're talking to 70 a week, you're shipping products to 50 a week, and then 25 of them are, let's say, let's say actually posting about you. So once you have that consistent flow, it doesn't really matter. And of those 25, maybe anywhere between five to 10% of them would really become true ambassadors. And that takes six months to build. And then you have that army of 70 to 100 creators were consistently promoting you. And just to make sure that they continue to be happy as the merchant, do you continue to talk to them and keep them engaged and 
making sure that they know all the new ups and downs of your product? Is there a strategy in that? For sure. Yeah, that's more around influencer activation and that I shelve it under relationship building. So again, so I've seen brands do influencers communities. So you can put them in a Facebook group, a Slack group or a Discord channel, or even a WhatsApp group if that's if it's a more niche, less than 50 creators are set up. So yeah, that helps you invite them over to your factory, for example, give them a little bit of a behind the scenes send them products before even before they launch to the public so they can do like a launch post so it's more special for them so yeah you gotta keep sending them products and keep incentivizing to post every single month but once they post about you for one or two times then it becomes fairly simple then they've already bought it maybe they even purchase from you at that point they don't even need the free product but yeah it always helps to keep sending free product keep doing special deals for them for their audience do giveaways with them stuff do live sessions with them do a Q&A and things like that yeah so we have a few minutes left here what would you say to a merchant who wants to start and start getting influencers for their brand what would be their you know you, you gave us your six steps but what is it what, how do they start the easiest, lowest hanging fruit way to start is just send out an email to your customer list. That's the easiest. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business... I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.